Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. Hopefully it's Tuesday as you're listening to this, and hopefully you're off to a great week. I'm your host, Max. As you can see behind me, I've got something no Miami fan has, and that's a diploma from the school I cheer for. I went to Florida State for five and a half years, glorious years. Drake was there for four and a half. We are fans first, people second, and we have been podcasters third for going on two years now, bringing you Florida State sports every single day, Monday through Friday. Today, we are going to look at the offensive depth chart ahead of spring practice, which starts next week. And I'm going to give my takes at receiver and why it's probably not the people y'all are thinking it's going to be. Uh, And I think there's a lot more internally developed talent that we have kind of forgotten about in lieu of transfer transfers. And I'm pumped to talk about. So Drake, let's go ahead and roll that video and get the people into the show. Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, like we said, I'm Max. That's Drake. You can find us on Twitter, but most importantly, you can find us here every single day. If you are on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn on notifications with the bell up top and make sure you like the individual video. Most importantly. We usually do a mailbag Monday. Make sure y'all leave your comments, leave your questions, leave your concerns, and we will get to them next Monday. But I do want to address one thing, Drake, before we dive into the offensive depth chart preview. Um, Last week, we had a good episode where it was a little conversational towards the end, and um, y'all ripped me apart, which is always fun. Like, it's, you know, I love the dialogues. I really do enjoy interacting with y'all. We get to do what we do because you do what you do. Um... And I think I was talking about the concern for the future. And I think that like, I know that it got construed and I wasn't saying it well as I think we need to forget about next year. And that's not what I was trying to say. Not the point I was trying to make. What I was trying to say and what I still believe is as I ponder it more and more and I look at next year, if we don't do several other things right in addition to winning, I don't know if I'm going to feel great just because we got to a certain threshold of wins that got bogged down in examples. I don't, you know, Drake, I don't really care that much about like how we win, whatever to me, it's, it's three things, right? It's, it's, what does your staff look like? What does your recruiting look like? And what does your on the field, do your on the field results look like? That was the point I was trying to make. If we win eight games, I'll be happy. But if we have the 20th ranked recruiting class and we still have the exact same staff, I'm really not going to care. We win eight games, we win nine games, we win seven games, whatever. We have the number five ranked recruiting class. I'm going to be really fired up. So that was the larger point. And Dave has just joined us. Did you shave? Where'd your beard go? I did. You did, Dave. You look great. But Max, you're kind of pointing with that. I think if all those things do happen where recruiting does go better, if we we have all the staff changes that we kind of want, we eventually will begin those wins. And that's like, to me, it does give a proof of concept to that. So it's like, okay, then maybe it'll give me – I'll be able to sleep better at night knowing that my FSU football program is doing well and my money isn't going to nothing. So, And and I just want to say, I think my point was that I, I know we also have to think about like, just, just because we do well this year, if we suck the next year, does it really matter? 
I don't think if we don't do well this year, we're going to see a do well the year after that. But that was my point. That's why I didn't articulate well. I agree with all of that. That's right. If we win on the field, we'll get better recruits probably. If we get better recruits, we'll probably win on the field. Like You guys are completely correct. My point was more I lived through 2014 and 2015, and I watched teams that we knew were not that good, but we just like went to bed at night like, no, 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 it's – it's fine. It'll we're, be all right. We're, yeah. we're, we made it to the playoff. We're fine. But we knew. Like, So I, I don't want to end up – I'm not going to let myself get into that situation again if that appears to be the situation. Like, If it looks like we're building and we're climbing, like Reg points out, we have a young O-line, huge O-line haul in this recruiting class. We got to get some linebackers. If that stuff starts happening, great. I won't even think – this won't be a second thought. But my point was just like it's not a one-dimensional me- measurement of success of just – does he win next year? Because like Mike Norvell to me has to show me wins and some. It can't just be wins. It's got to be. A you're, talk, you're talking to a moral spammer right now, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel like. Yeah. It's, <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna preview the depth chart, and I think that what I kind of want to start right? at the positions we haven't really started at, but then I also want to talk about receiver because I feel like we're very excited for the receiver transfers and for good reason. Michael Parsons, Josh Burrell benching 8,000 pounds. Well, that was the point or I was going to make, right? Like that, that was the point I was going to make. So, so like yeah, Michael Pittman, not Michael Parsons, by the way. Parsons, come on, Max, yeah, Par- you can do this. I know, yeah. I know, I know. I, it's my other diploma that's going on the wall soon. Um, all right. So I think Pittman's great. I think Johnny Wilson, really cool upside there. Deuce Span, great upside. I'll let you all talk about them though, because I feel like the internal guys aren't getting enough love. Like Burrell got hurt last year and that's who I was going to bring up. I'm really excited to see what he can do with a spring under him, getting healthy, getting back in the weight room. He's an athletic freak. And I just, I'm really, really excited to see Malik McLean's development because there's just, again, so much upside there. And it's like, maybe he could be a Greg Carr. Okay. But he could also be like an, I don't want to say Kelvin Benjamin because those are sacred waters in Florida state circles, but he could be really damn good if he reaches that potential. Is there any room on this team that we know less about what we expect the depth chart to look like than the receiver position? No, no. of course not. Because, but where else do we bring in? I mean, there's three starting receivers typically, right? We brought in four transfers. So, like, I, like where else is that kind of that kind of? I mean, like, tumult. We happen? can already probably say that Deucepan's not starting because he only had five catches last year and also is a converted QB to a wide receiver. Uh, with yeah. the Burrell thing, I'm really high on him too, but I like. After what happened last year, you know, with our QB situation where he wasn't the same after a knee injury. And if you did see that squatting video, you do notice where his calf and his leg, his right leg is a lot smaller than the left, which is typically what happens when you suffer a lower leg injury. So I'm going to wait on that. Uh, to me, I'm actually super sorry on Keisha Helton to be wide receiver three because I think that's the perfect person to have as kind of like your safety blanket actually out there, not your number one threat. But to me, yeah. I think the big people to look out for are Winston Wright, the WVU transfer, who is going to be a great wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Micah Pittman, I... I've cooled off a little bit more on him because I do think Johnny Wilson, that's his name, right? Johnny Wilson yeah, has yeah, like yeah. The, the much higher upside with the size, the frame, and the speed. I'm sure. actually super stoked to see Mike Pittman actually in the return game because we suck at returning that's, kicks yeah, and returning that's, that's what I'm excited. Him and him and the West Virginia transfer, both in the in the respective return games. I'm, I'm yeah, excited that, for both of them. I will say this. I don't have any reason to believe that we're not going to see a lot of Ontario Wilson and Keyshawn Elton again. Uh, Keyshawn, I'm a little more stoked on, but everything we saw last year made me think the coaches are going to give both of them individually and collectively as many chances as they can possibly give them before they pull any yeah. kind of plugs. I, I that's that's a fair one. I, I like Drake's right? point about him being at three, though. Like, 
I don't even know that he is a three. He's great when he's healthy and on the field. And he is more of an inside guy. So that makes it's hard to think of an inside guy as like a number one. But yeah, I mean, as your third best receiver, if that's the case, we're in great shape. And I don't expect him to be our third best receiver. But it's funny because do you factor like Cam McDonald into this equation? Because he's primarily a pass catching tight end. Yeah, yeah. I think Cam, I think, I mean, he doesn't need like the tight end room is literally him and walk ons. Like, and he doesn't walk ons have earned a scholarship. But it's like, yeah, you're right. He's a receiver for these purposes. We got Jackson West over there. Come on, man. That's true. I'm sorry. I did forget about Jackson. I'm sorry. You're right. But look, I will, I, I will say this. I think it'd be good. How good would Rashad Green have been if he had to take on the role that Keyshawn's had to take on? I'm not saying he would have been bad by any means. He would have been better than Keyshawn because I think right? he's a better he receiver. He, he, I, I, was, I was trying to think of a good – you know who else too kind of I think of? Tell me if I'm totally off here. I think we kind of saw that happen with Nyquan Murray too where like when he was just kind of the go-to guy like in the Michigan game where it's just, hey, you he'll get a big catch every now and then, but he's not – He's not our centerpiece of our offense. He was pretty good, and he just couldn't take that step to being like the guy. He also had Auden Tate to help him out. Auden yeah, Tate helped him out a lot too. So but think about how different the room's gotten. Like, wouldn't we kill for Nyquan Murray right now? To, to just know. No, what but that's we're the point I'm making. I don't. I I think what you're what these transfers do is they're going to let a lot of these guys play the roles they should be playing. And like, I'm interested to see what does Keyshawn Helton do when he's not being asked to be the number one receiver who also is your deep threat. Like we finally got what, Andrew it. Parchment last year. And it's like, you, you know, again, we are, what's the, what's the old tired analogy. Like if you judge a fish's ability or a judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you're going to think it's a broken fish. Like that's kind of what you see with Helton. A, he wasn't bad by any means, but he just wasn't playing the role he's built for. So it's like, now he's going to get to do that. You're going to have, four, what would we say? Four, there's four guys, I think, right now, over six foot four on the roster that can handle the outsides for you. Like, you've got, again, Burrell that can play that sort of, I don't want to say slot, but that sort of inside, you know, when they like to go too wide and kind of have one offsetting inside guy. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested. So depth chart wise, it, it's hard with receivers, I guess, to like say in a depth chart. But to me, I think your starters are, you're going to have Keyshawn Helton as one of your starters. I think that you're going to see, Oh man, this is tough. I think, oh, Winston writes it. I think definitely a starter. And then I think, I don't know if you're going to have like a real strong third starter or if you're going to see kind of, it'll be like a, you know, I, I would guess Malik McLean or Johnny Wilson, like, or maybe Portier if he takes a step up. I, I don't really know, but I think you're going to see like three guys with an or that's going to be that that big number one guy. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is basically you're going to have Winston Rice starting regardless. And then you're going yeah. to have, I think, Johnny Wilson's going to be the other cap because I do think that he, if you watch the Arizona State, there's a lot to, like, you know, to be desired, but there's a, you can see something is there. And I think with a Jordan Travis, and I think also with this offense, he should be able to kind of pull the lid off from other teams. And to me, the third spot, I think it's going to be between either Keyshawn, Wilson, or Pittman. I think it's going to be those three. That you're, I think it's going to be a bunch of oars, but maybe it might be more, I guess, package dependent too. But I do think the majority of the starts for the wide receiver position is going to go between Winston Wright and also with Johnny Wilson. Because, like, I, I'm a huge fan of that Wilson kid. So, yeah. And remember, this is going into spring. So, like, I'm, I'm expecting there to be three solid starters at wide receiver at the end of the spring. Like, I, I think that's the position where we're going to see a lot of separation. Like, someone's going to step up. I, I just have to believe one of these transfers. I would actually go as far to say this of the four of them. I bet one probably is going to shine and one's probably going to bust 
Now, maybe that Deuce Span busts, and he's the most likely, and that Winston Wright shines. I'm not saying it's going to be a surprise. I'm just saying I think you probably get like two decent ones out of these four, and you probably get one really good one and one that's like, eh, okay, take him or leave him. And I, I think if Josh Burrell can recover from the injury, you could see him solidify a starting spot. But again, that's going to be tough. Folks, if you think you know what's going to happen in sports, for particularly March Madness, then you should be filling out a bracket. I mean, it doesn't matter if you think you know what's happening. We all fill out brackets, and then we're all wrong. But guys, March Madness is only a few weeks away, and that means that you have to start thinking about now where you're going to run your bracket. Are you going for the usual, or are you looking for the best? Now, we've done our homework here, and we're running our brackets with runyourpool.com. They have your standard brackets, but they've also got Survivor. They've got Pick'ems. They've got things like that, so you can kind of do really fun things in your own way and they have options to edit scoring, and they have some intel to help make your picks, and it's all the stuff that you're not going to find at your typical ESPN or CBS. So if you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you with that too and take some of the March Madness off of your plate and let you just focus on the March magic of beating your coworkers. I came up with that. Good job, Max. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, all those good things. So Run Your Pool is the way to go. It's what we're doing. If y'all want a shot at a cash prize and want to play against us, Join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on and enter pure madness at checkout when you make your own custom pool to get $10 off. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on to play against me. That's easy. Drake and Dave is a little more difficult. So runyourpool.com slash locked on. We've talked about the running back ad nauseum. We've talked about the quarterback ad nauseum, but some, you know, it's everybody's first show. So I want to go ahead and just give my opinion on DJ Williams again. I think we should look for him to have a breakout. But I think it's starter, if I'm really being honest with myself, headed into the spring. I think your starters are Treshawn Ward at tail at um, running back. And I think you've got Lawrence Toafili at tailback. I just think that those two, body of work, headed into spring, have earned it. And while I look for DJ Williams to maybe sneak into that starting spot by the fall, I'm not going to go ahead and like pre-anoint my guy as a starter win. Again, he only carried the ball like 13 times last year. So those are my two starters at running back. Treshawn Ward running, or sorry, in the backfield. Treshawn Ward running back, Lawrence Toffoli at tailback. I, I think that's probably right, but I will say I have less confidence in the Lawrence Toffoli pick only because I didn't get the feeling last year from their usage rates and the usage rate in the situations he was put into the games that the coaches have a whole lot of confidence yet in Lawrence Toffoli. I don't know if that's because of a weight issue or just because they haven't seen certain things from him in practice or games, but nothing last year inspired me to think that he's going to be going into this year, getting a ton of carries unless there literally is just no other option. So I kind of agree with Dave on the Lawrence Tofili thing, because it does, it is interesting to see like how his snap share kind of dwindled down to almost basically nothing. And that's the same thing kind of was the year before, but that was probably more due to injury. To me, I think running back one, your halfback one, is going to be probably, I want to say Treshawn Ward. I think that's going to be the one we pick because I think he was kind of like the the unsung hero last year, and he definitely is going to be his running back room to lead. But I wouldn't be surprised if they move him over to tailback, and then maybe we see someone like a DJ one kind of take a stranglehold on that because I think we've all seen his film from Auburn. And yeah. to me, that that's like there's a lot of talent behind that. But I'll have like a hot take here too. I think that by the end of the season – I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Benson's probably like gets a real stranglehold on those things on really? as well. Yeah, I, I the more and more I think about it, I know he comes back from a knee injury. I know also that he had like his last stats were like highlights were from high school, 
but to me is somewhere that he's from apparently the fastest guy on the team, which is great, great news to hear out of that. He's also been killing a tour of duty. So maybe, just maybe, if he, you know, puts in the work, the, the staff might, you know, reward him with more playing time. If he can beat Corey Ren in a race, you can call me Miles Davis, but okay. But Corey Ren hasn't seen the field at all, period, so. Yeah, I don't know what to do. I, I wish I had. I've asked around about him quite a bit, and I, I got nothing. Yeah. We also, we didn't talk about Ja'Kai Douglas, but all right, so do this, though. So so so, so depth chart going into the spring, though, like. Oh, into the spring? Put, going into the spring. Like, spring starts next week. Who do you think's I one think and you're two? you're right, probably. I just. Yeah. But it's probably the one that but probably yeah, changes I, by the end, depending on yeah, how I things go. Yeah, I think you have probably the one that we're going to see probably for the spring game. I just don't think that's going to, like, stay that much longer for that. Because yep. I think with LT9, it's. It's weird. Like, they, they loved him too. So Rodney Hill, I think, is too young. Top three, top three hundred guy is, comes he's in. He's Lawrence two years ago, right? Yeah, and it, my my issue with Toffoli, and I'm gonna like maybe way out over my skis here, but he, I don't think, has gained a pound. And like James so Blackman was able to gain fifteen pounds in college. Like I've done it in college. Like Did in he? college, right? I've eaten. Did I've he? done the food. Yeah, I've done the eating. I've done the gaining weight. Like working out, it sucks if you have a professional staff basically making all your meals and like the best training facilities in the world, like not the best, but like up there in that top 1%, you got training staff. You hopefully by now they're allowed to have as many muscle milks as they want. I know there was an issue with that a couple of years ago. Like if you're not putting on weight, especially when everyone else, how, how much weight did Amari Gaynor gain last year? 20 pounds. Like all the guys were getting massive and Lawrence to Philly can't put on a pound. Like, that just says to me, like, I don't know if it's laziness or if it's just like, he's just like, oh, well, I, I know my game and I'm not going to listen to the coaches. But it, it, I think, Dave, it's clearly a size issue. Like, he just does not have the durability for the college game. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's scared to lose a step. I don't know what it is, but he's got to put on weight or, yeah, I think you're right. His carries probably dwindle because he's six feet tall, 185 pounds. Like, that's like my size. And I've stood next to some of those guys on defense and I am not in condition to be hit by them. So <laughs> All right. it's just not, not, not going to be a I'm thing. For business. No, no, no. It would, uh, it would destroy the moneymaker. Now an interesting one before we get to the O-line is going to be quarterback because we're talking about spring practice here. So we know Jordan Travis is going in as QB one. Who do y'all think is QB of the other team for the spring game? Like if the, if you're if you're viewing the depth chart that way, like if that's QB two, is it Rodemaker or is it Duffy or is it? Gino it's Gino English. English. Shut it's Gino English. It is the TikTok English. sensation. It is Gino. He's not a sensation. He gets like two thousand likes or something. That's I mean, more than all three of us combined on TikTok right now. So yeah, I've also sensation. I've also I also made one TikTok ever, and then we converted to our Nulls Anonymous, and then we made one ever. We're not we're not consistent with the talk. But I, dude, no, it's no, it's it's, it's going to be probably. AJ Duffy. Tate I think it's going to be Tate Rodemaker. I don't think so. Honestly. No, no, no. We're saying we're. I'm saying I'm saying if it were tomorrow. So we're viewing it yeah. through that lens. But like starting, you think starting spring practice? AJ Duffy has never gone through a college practice. You think he's okay? Yeah. Star, okay. Starting spring practice, like it's yeah. going to be Tate Rodemaker. But I think for the spring game, you're going to see AJ Duffy in team too. Will it? Let me ask you this. We all sat in that press box for that spring game last year. Yeah. Low flex, but yeah, yeah. Tate Rodemaker looked good. If he go out, goes out there and just crushes... Did no, he, he did. didn't. He lost to Geno English in the freaking walk-on celebrity okay. game. Did it look Set good. that aside. <laughs> Set that aside. If he goes out there and just absolutely crushes it, I mean, just like, is 20 for 20 and just throwing dimes, is that going to change your outlook? No, it's, it's just not. I mean, I get what you're saying, like, but 
I actually, Drake, I was hoping you would stand firm because I feel the way you originally felt. I just wanted to see if I could mess with you. I actually do think AJ Duffy is probably your second team guy. Like, think about how we feel about Tate Rodemaker. Do you, maybe I'm wrong. Does Norvell really need to see a lot more of Tate Rodemaker taking second team reps? Like, on Monday, they're going to practice. And when they split into first team and second team, that's what I'm talking about. I think you probably let AJ Duffy take the second team reps. Maybe if he doesn't want plays, but I don't know. I also say he does that because we only have three scholarship QBs. The moment you put Tate Rodemaker with the third team, you already tell him he immediately will never, ever start here. And then immediately probably will go to the transfer portal. And then, well, we're going to have two scholarship QBs coming in the summer and then maybe get a transfer out of there with whatever transfer portal kids are left. So it's like it's you also have to kind of weigh that too. I understand you're right. I mean, you're right. I know. I don't like that thought process either. is is Gino English jokes aside like it, it, not I mean Gino would be the next guy but like is losing Tate Rodemaker really going to hurt you as a team if you think Duffy's better if Duffy is no. better I don't no. know I don't know if you uh, need a QB three that badly like I mean uh, I guess we did last year but I, I listen, think it is for death reasons why you don't want the kid getting hurt super Drake, early we keep uh, saying the same thing if Jordan Travis gets injured we are not in a position to win the games he's not playing we're just not no matter who's back there behind him this coming year while AJ Duffy's a true freshman although I just but, changed my mind because of what Dave said but let, let me ask you both the question what are the odds that Jordan Travis within the first three games of the season misses multiple snaps in a game due to an injury related issue do you want a true freshman AJ Duffy in no. the second college football game he's ever suited up for Going in, in against no. LSU, no. we wanted Norvell fired after having Chubba Purdy do live drills in a scrimmage. Yeah, I, I, I have no desire to see it. You're right, but but look, hang on, timeout. I don't know AJ Duffy. I've changed my mind three times during this segment. I don't know AJ <laughs> Duffy. So if we can land Chris Parsons, and I know there's some drama about that over the weekend, or an equally good quarterback. If AJ Duffy gives me the best chance to win the most games by any amount this year over Tate Rodemaker, like there's no Jordan Travis, I don't really care if his career gets like a little stunted by him starting a little too early because we can bring someone else in. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying I want to get hurt, but I'm saying like I don't know if I'm thinking about it long term like that because like either he's the Messiah, right? Like he's a Jameis Winston and he should be starting right now. Or he's just kind of an average, like, four-star kid coming out of high school who will win you eight, seven, eight games. That's what we need, though. We haven't won eight, seven games. But that's we my need point. DeAndre but, but, Francois. But, but that's my point is you can get another one of him next year. You can get another one of him in the transfer portal if he's that level. If he is that level, then I'm not really worried about prioritizing his long-term growth. I just want him to, like, win this year. It's like, just, just if A.J. Duffy gives you the best chance. So now you want to win this win. year. and You don't care about long-term stuff today as opposed to last week. In that one, well, that's that's like pain with a broad brush, my man. In that one instance, yes, play the best quarterback. I don't want AJ Duffy protected if he's if he gives you a legitimate better chance to win than than Tate Rodemaker does. But I, I guys, we gotta go to commercial it, real quick. We'll come back to this, folks. You gotta land your bets somewhere, and you might as well do it at BetOnline.net. Not only do they have a great interface, not only do they have the most lines, but they have info, they have stats, and they will help you place. The best bets on the best games. March Madness is coming up. Get ready to place those bets at betonline.net. Betonline.net, where the game starts. Yeah, so you heard me last week say that I just want to win this year and that I 
have to put the future aside because I don't think the future looks good if this year isn't. But there is only one caveat to that. I'm not James Blackmaning AJ Duffy, who by all accounts appears to be somebody that I expect to turn into a quarterback of the of the DeAndre Francois quality. We haven't had a quarterback like that since DeAndre Francois, and apparently it's not just as easy to find them as it used to be at Florida State when we just had year in, year out, either five-star quarterbacks or quarterbacks who were playing like a five-star for a long time. So you and I could, you and I are like on complete opposite ends of that spectrum, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm the other way. Like, for me, it's not just win, except like in that situation, it's like, you know what, I don't – I'm not going to prioritize like one kid over winning. I'm more like, again, I'm clarifying my comments. Like I said, it's just, if we win eight games, like again, 10 is a different story, but if we win like whatever, you know, seven, eight games and like nothing else changes and you're still getting a 20th ranked recruiting class and all that again, not likely I get that, but my, whatever, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Let me, let me say one more thing. This is the reason I say that. This team ain't built to just win a bunch of games if Jordan Travis ain't in there. I don't care who the backup is. It's not like he's surrounded by a cast of people who prop Jordan Travis up. I think Jordan Travis is the only reason this team will contend to win eight or nine games or whatever. Let's talk about the offensive line because I think it was Reg in our comments. Reg, where you at, bud? Yeah, Reg, 06, 84. We only lose two O-line off this team in 23, Gibbons and Lyles. Scott, Harris, Washington, Smith all return. Guys like Schrader, Orr, and Herring. I, I don't really care about any of those three, but that's fine. Um, but we did bring in a lot of O-line. So, Drake, you follow recruiting probably closer than any of us. I want to ask, I don't want to run through a five-position depth chart with O-line. It just takes too long. And, you know, most whatever. Do you think any of the freshmen, though, is he playing time this year? Any of the? No. Okay. You don't think like is Armella here in this? He's not here in the spring. He's here. He's not here in the spring. He's gonna be here in the summer. But like that's something like he, he's not gonna start. If someone gets hurt, he might be the next man up. But I probably would say that's something that we don't want, and that's kind of why we took so many offensive linemen, not only in this past class but the class before that, because the kid that you did kind of say that you know you don't care about. I mean Thomas Schrader. This is gonna be his third year. Zane Herring is gonna be his third year. You're also gonna have Maurice Smith is gonna be a backup too. Like we have a lot more. Quality depth, actually, you know, behind the line. We also have Lloyd Wilson going to be in his fourth year, too. So, like, it's a lot of kids that are in there. Yeah, so, like, to me, there's no reason at all whatsoever a freshman offensive lineman should be starting unless you're the number one tackle. Like, Evan Neal right now, Alabama started as a freshman. If that's the only person that can like, meet the threshold, like, you shouldn't be starting as a freshman. Oh, I didn't say starting. I mean, I know we're talking about depth chart. I was just asking, like, do you think any of these – because you just – I mean, we took seven of them. I just I, – I didn't follow so their make recruitment the 2D, that closely. I guess is the question, right? Yeah, yes. that's what, yeah, yeah. When they get split into two teams, so there's ten of them, like, which freshmen do you think are most likely to start for one of the teams? I know we're going all around with our criteria, folks. Sorry, but we're trying to give you the best discussion. Um, which freshman do you think starts on one of the teams in the spring game by the end of it? Probably just Rod Orr then. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Just I mean, Rod you've, Orr. you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of dudes in that room. And, um, what about Daughtry Richardson, man? Six, five, two eighty five. That's great size. Like he was at Godby for two years playing. Didn't he play D line and then switched to O line when he moved to Miami? Um, Maybe not, but we've seen some success with that with like Cam Irving flipping. The only concern with him is I think he needs to you know, fine tune some more of his like tools a little bit because he did flip around a lot. I mean, a lot of people yeah. want to take Quayshon Sap too, but that's someone that also I think needs to develop a little bit more. And I think Atkins wants to bring like Atkins, I think now wants to bring these kids along a lot more, even if, if it is like or as early as the spring, because we've been seeing freshmen like start off like every single spring, like Dante Lucas and, Ma- and Maurice Smith and um, what's the kid's name? Darius Washington all started in spring games. 
And yep. we saw like how they've been kind of ran into the ground. Robert Scott was a freshman two years ago. Sorry, not, uh, the year before last. And he started in the spring game. So it's like that's something that now we have quality depth. So why don't we have them against third teamers not getting beat up and blown for the ball by a Fabian Lovett, a Quayshon Fuller, a Dennis Bridge. Like we should be able to we have kids now. Just let them grow slowly like a plant. Just, just let them go. Let them I mean, the, the, those those two are still going to beat you off the ball because I'm very excited to see what Briggs and Fabian do this year. Um, but yeah. that's, that's for different for you. But, dude, that's such a good point. I mean, it's like you have the, the air cover to really, like, build up some fortifications and lay a foundation of this position. Um, you know, again, I'm just – I keep looking at the list, and it's like you have 17 offensive linemen, I think, Three or four of these guys are walk-ons. So you probably have like 50, 12, 15 scholarship guys. Um, you know, I think the center upgrade is going to be the most interesting one. You know, my hot take is I think Maurice Smith probably, not probably, I would bet Maurice Smith by the end of it starts over Caden Lyles just because he's been in the system longer and center is the hardest position on the O-line to learn. It's also the hard, you know, there has to be a gelling there. I think Maurice Smith has been a very competent center. But then I look at this this column on the right, and Caden Lyles is, you know, 35 pounds heavier than Mo Smith. He also comes from yep. Wisconsin. Like, I like that. You know, he's a redshirt senior versus a redshirt sophomore. Beard. Good beard. That's true, too. So, like, all those things considered, this is the first time uh, – maybe I'm wrong on this, but this is the first time I can remember in a while where we're going to have – like a true position battle on the O-line between Mo Smith and Caden Lyles, in my opinion. And like, we haven't had one of those. Like typically it's been like, it's been like, it's been like, who's going to actually like fill out this roster. Like we've been just kind of like trying to be like, maybe he can play guard and he can, but this year, like we're going to have some actual competition. I guess Gibbons and DLT last year, there was kind of a, you know, who, who's, I don't know. But anyway, I'm really excited about that position. Gentlemen, do we miss anything? Do we miss anyone? Miss you guys. I miss you too, Dave. I know you do, buddy. <laughs> is there anybody else on that we could think of? You know, I the mean, only t- person, like I said, we didn't really talk about was Ja'Kai Douglas. The most yeah. underutilized kid that we've all, like, we talked about, and we didn't even talk the about most, him once in the segment. The most I, don't what, I don't know what position have. you put him at. Yeah, he's like his own guy. He's just his own dude out there. The creative player. Like, Anyway, folks, we appreciate y'all stopping by. We are here all the time. I imagine we'll follow this bad boy up with a defensive depth chart preview. Uh, I am flying out to Dallas, Texas, as y'all are listening to this. So I may or may not be joining you the rest of the week. We'll just see how it goes. So even if you don't have me, you're in the best of hands. Based on the comments, you guys like them a lot more than you like me anyway. But you know, like Jordan Travis, I'm a necessary evil. And, you know, I help move the ball down the field. And you keep coming back, and I love you for it. So, gentlemen, thanks for being here tonight. Fans, thanks for being here tonight. Make sure you subscribe. Getting over 800 was awesome. And now we're on the push to 1,000. I'm Max. That was Drake. That's Dave down there. Hopefully his face keeps moving. Otherwise, it'll uh... – nope. And this <laughs> was Locked On Seminoles. You're more like you Weatherford, my guy. Take care, thanks, everybody. Man. Hey, Drew Weatherford won three bowl games, all right? So I'm fine with it. Two, two and two. I don't remember. One and two.